What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Welcome back to the award-winning, top-charting No Bad Dogs podcast with your host, Tom Davis. You guys, this is a fantastic podcast with a retired canine dog uh, working on some fine-tuning and setting the dog up for success. What should the owners allow, not allow? Should the dog be avoiding these situations? Should we hit it head-on? Just problem-solving on a couple, I think, important things you guys are going to pull some information on. I hope you guys enjoy it. And before we get into the podcast, I want to let you guys know, if you don't know, I'm doing a, I'm doing a seminar with Forced Mickey at the end of May. The link is in the description below. We have one working spot left. The working spot is where you come and you bring your actual dog and Forrest and I work on your dog with you for the entire weekend. It is going to 100% sell out for working spots. There's one left. It is Monday right now. It is March 28th. There's one left. If you guys want it, I'd go get it right now. Link in the description below. There is unlimited audit spots. So don't worry if you're listening to this today or in the future, you can always come and watch. Um, We have enough space to pack a couple hundred people in there if we need to. And as always, you guys, I'm going to be answering your specific dog training questions at the end of the podcast. If you guys want me to answer your specific dog training questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart, leave a review. And in that review, you can also ask me a question. It's about the only way you can interact with me on the podcast. Anyway, listen to the end. I'll be answering great other dog training questions and let's get into it. So we've got a beautiful, well-trained German shepherd who um, was originally trained for law enforcement and he is about to be four. He's been with us now non-law enforcement for three years. Okay. And um 90% of his commands are in German. So before okay. we get going, there's that. But recently we've had some, uh, a few issues, and I know most of it is our issue, and we just have to figure out how to make it uh, work for all of us, is we've had a few issues with, well, let's put it this way. We had a couple really bad experiences with dogs. Other dogs. Other dogs who were unleashed, um, who came into his space uh, during one of them, he was on a leash with me. We were walking in the neighborhood. He was fine. 
And when the dog came at him the second time, my hand broke. So he became super protective from that point on. Um, and then we had a couple other situations where he was off leash with us on an e-collar and a dog came into his space. Okay. And so super protective because obviously he is trained, uh, to protect his, his area, so to, so to speak. Um, so we had a problem with that. So now we have some, some dog reactivity, uh, at any point, whether we're off leash, whether we are on an e-collar or whether we are. Um, on a leash. So that's, that's a main issue. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to, there's like three, three or four things, and then we'll, we'll discuss each thing. A lot of them I know are, are related. Um, his recall recently has not been hundred percent. I know dogs aren't hundred percent anyways, but his was pretty darn close. So his recall has uh, gone down to what I feel is like 80%. Um, we, we had a squirrel incident, <laughs> So we do live next to the woods and he is on the collar a lot out in the woods and he's super uh, coming back. I did have to zap him once when he was more than half a mile away on a deer. Uh, but the, the most recent incident was a squirrel when we were almost back to the house and he flew across the entire yard out into the street after a squirrel and didn't even react to the e-collar at all. Um, and then what's the last thing? Um, this might seem petty, but it's an issue when barking at other dogs, when the dogs around us are barking and you tell him to stop and he doesn't quite know when enough is enough. Like he'll bark if someone comes in our yard, we thank him super. Thanks for letting me know. Recently he's will not stop. Once you thank him, he would be like, okay, great. I've done my job and we're good. But now he's like constant barking when that other dog starts barking. So, and then the, I I guess this is where it all comes to. When we put the e-collar on him and we use the e-collar, we don't, we went back and forth between e-collar dog throw. We settled on the the e-collar. When we go to put him on that e-collar, he is super excited and almost so amped up it's difficult to get it on him it's like he knows i'm going to work or i'm going for a hike when that goes on so maybe some suggestions on how to make that easier make that happen so i don't know is that a lot is that (laughs) any of that related (laughs) no it's not a lot uh so e-collar excitement too i'll just say so yeah a couple yeah a couple things so let's get into it i would say the dog reactivity thing uh you say he's four years old now yeah, he'll yeah. be four in May. Yeah. Okay. Not, not fixed. Yeah, he's unneutered. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to be neutered. Yep. So that um, that is something recent after he had a bad altercation with another dog, correct? A couple, yeah, yeah. a couple negative yeah. altercations. Okay. They happen pretty close by with each other, yes. Yeah. So in my experience, like once a dog kind of hits that threshold, sometimes it's age, sometimes it's maturity, sometimes it's bad experiences, sometimes it's it's genetics. Uh, they typically don't, I don't want to say come back, but they don't go back to where they were, where they're like, Oh, you know, maybe he didn't care about dogs ever. And now all of a sudden he does. You're probably not going to go back to exactly where you were in a very black and white type thing of like, Oh, he's right back where he was. So I think, which is like I said, which is pretty normal. So what I would do is just focus on working on the, the leash reactivity with the training that you have. 
So okay. when you talk about dog reactivity, when you're out with him, what's the, what's the big problem? Like just he he's will. barking at every dog? No, not barking. No. He tries to go towards it. He pulls towards the dog. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, that's more obedience. So that's and where his hair, gets, his yeah, hair he, raises up on the back of his neck and he's, you know, yeah. Okay. So we do, we do with two, you know, depend, it also depends on who's walking him. I have a little bit better control of him sometimes when, you know, the pinch collar and stuff. But ultimately what we have been doing is, um, if it gets really bad, we give him a tug or, or a ball and then he, pretty much pays attention to us and doesn't pay attention to the dog, but he, he can tell, still tell it's he's around, you know, he, he's still kind of amped up over the whole situation. Sure. So when you, when you're out and you see other dogs, he just gets suspicious and wants to go towards them. Yes. Okay. Yep. So that's, yeah. that's where your handling will come in. So that's where your obedience comes in. So you're going to counter that type of behavior with your obedience, which would be your heel or your foos command, just making okay. sure that you're, you're That's it. That, that, that's, that's easy is okay. if okay. your if your dog is pulling you and it, and it's not a, like a behavioral problem he's just like hey i want to go check this out that's mm-hmm. just where your your basic obedience comes in to say hey what, what you now take into consideration obviously his drive for the for the item so the ball or the tug use that to your advantage to where if you did a little bit of obedience and maybe paid him and he had the tug or ball in his mouth as he's passing these other dogs or he's around these other dogs, obviously if you're saying, Hey, that's the golden ticket, use it. So put that tug because that's how he was developed anyway is to work and then get paid and, or because they're not just in general, like working dogs typically aren't raised to be social. They're raised to work. So when when he goes out and he sees another dog, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm interested. I want to go see what this is, especially if he's intact and he, it's a, it's a female or another male. You're going to have right. all of all of that going on. Yeah. Right. So that's okay. that's just basic obedience to make sure he doesn't get to that position. Okay. Is it all right to have him carry the tug then throughout yeah. the, or sometimes the walk and just let him? Because he, he does do much better when he's just walking down the street and he's got his tug in his mouth. He at, at times could care less, you know, and so he just carries it along and we just go. Yeah. Know? The only there's okay. there, yeah the answer is yes the only disadvantage to to that is so if you come out and you say hey you know he he really just likes his ball and his tug he just kind of keeps to himself he likes working he likes something to do so sometimes yep. that'll be like a self soothing type thing where you're like hey hold this for me right and he grabs the mm-hmm. ball and he just walks around he doesn't so if you go out and you put a ball in that dog's mouth and he just doesn't care about the world. Mm. And alternatively, he does, and he's kind of strong, and he's pulling, and he wants to go interact because he just he needs a job, he needs something else to do. But if you put a ball in his mouth and he doesn't do any of that, it's a no brainer. Yeah. But okay. the only disadvantage is in the future if it becomes less valuable to him because you've okay. given it to him for the whole walk all the time. That's mm-hmm. the only thing you got to really watch for is making sure you don't run into those problems. Yeah, but, I think that. The- I'm concerned about is that it doesn't become as great a payment as it has been right. in the past. So I would just, yeah. I would ask for a little bit of obedience, pay yep. him, let him have it for a little bit, do a little tug with him, yep. tell him to yeah. out, put it back in your pocket and keep going. And then, okay. because you want to keep it on you, you want to keep the yep. game on you. So that's right. a simple, yep. that's a simple thing. That's a simple strategy to just go out and kind of use it intermittently as you're out 
Like if you okay. see, I wouldn't do it every time you saw a dog because obviously right. that would condition him that when you play tug, there's other dogs around. I would just randomly take it out and say, do, do, just do a sit down and then a bang and then just pay him. Yeah, cool. Play tug with him a little bit. Let him hang on to it for a minute. Literally okay. out him, put it yep. in your pocket, keep going and just kind okay. of do that. And then that way, when you get into situations where you see other dogs, especially if it's out of your control, right? Because the mm-hmm. other part of having a really well-trained dog is just managing society. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, you're going to get into a situation like, all right, yeah, yeah, hang on to this for a little bit because, you know, we got two or three Maltese's up here on harnesses and flexi leashes. <laughs> this, this is going to be interesting. So, Hey, ha, you know, he, chew on this instead type thing. So, yeah. so anyway, so I think, and that has happened. There was one particular dog in the neighborhood where we try and stay in the woods cause that's his place. But when the weather's bad and it's icy, and, and just being on the road for time, there isn't a dog and the lady just doesn't understand that the dog can just run out into the middle of the road and she, and she's like, he's okay. He's okay. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, he is not. It, it's causing a, a disturbance here and, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't get it. And it's like, you know, keep your dog. And that, that's probably the biggest frustration, obviously, that everybody faces is yeah. the uncontrolled dog that you're trying to do the right thing and he's doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden this dog comes into his space and you know, next thing you know, he's like totally amped. Yep. Exactly. So okay. again, like I would just use that as your reward system throughout your training or throughout your, your walk and use it when you need it, especially if you're just dealing with pulling and like, yep. But even okay. if you left that thing at home, your, your healing mm-hmm. should counter that anyway. Because that's okay. that's just what life's about, like wanting something, yeah. wanting to go do something that we want to do, but we have we have to be held accountable. There's right. there's consequences. He's like, "Ooh, dog, I gotta go." You're like, "No, you gotta yeah. heal." So I I just say like you can kind of bounce off those two. Okay. Okay. You know, play with those two a little bit. Okay. okay. So, so that bring, I'm sorry. Well, that, I, there is one thing that brings up, and he acts totally different with me and Danny. Is is the house. When mm-hmm. I'm trying to, uh, there are particular items, especially like his frisbee and his ball, and his ball yeah. that he'll almost every time do it for her. But with me, it's like maybe fifty percent of the time, and it's and I he looks at me like this is I'm going to keep this and f you, mm-hmm. and that's been super frustrating, and it's gotten worse. It hasn't been getting better with just him. With just him. I mean, just me. <laughs> just you. you and him. Yeah, I changed your pronoun for yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, and that, that's been kind of frustrating in that fact because I, I know he knows what it is. And if I put the e-collar on him and I, you know, and it, it, there's times when I have to give him a zap or two, he'll, he'll then listen. But it's just, I don't feel, I didn't, I didn't have to do that all the time. Now it's become like, it's his toy and he's not going to eat it just with me. You know, like a possessive fu type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, and that's going to be common. You know, just like with parenting in general, right? right? That making sure that one handler is being consistent with the other handler, because if one person spends more time doing a certain thing, obviously it's going to be better for that person. So yeah. here, here's the thing: is if you have one handler that's able to do something better, or more consistently than the other, obviously there's either a different relationship or there's better training into somebody or both. So good cop, bad cop type thing. And we, I see that every day working with, you know, dozens and dozens of people 
all the time with dogs. Yep. I'm like this person's caring, you know, doing this and this person's not and so on and so forth. So I think it's just, I think it's important for you to say, Hey, he can do, if he's not do, if he's doing it for somebody else and he's not doing it for me, what's the problem? And that's okay. something that you guys will have to work out externally. Cause that'll take a couple of days to figure out, okay, well, how are you doing this? Why are you doing this? What's your exercise routine? What's your consistency? How, you know, how are you saying out versus not, you know, or whatever. So, so, so that just kind of tells me that if you have one person that is developing better skill sets with the dog than the other person, then obviously there's something going on between that handling. So it's like mm-hmm. with me, right? Somebody brings me a dog and they're like, oh my God, you know, my dog's this thing, crazy, whatever. And I just take the leash and I'm like, ah, oh, not really. Right. It's like, oh my God, okay. it's magic. No, no, my, my skill set and my relationship. Right. So some of it is skill set for sure. Right. Timing, mm-hmm. leash pressure, body language, whatever, for sure. Experience, you can't take that away. But the other thing is my relationship. This dog's never taken advantage of me. Every time I've told this dog to do something, I've hold them accountable, right? So my relationship is different. I've kind of become the strict uncle at that point, right? So that's just something to consider moving forward is there's a lot of moving parts with why one dog will do something different. So for an example, if we have a Frisbee and he brings back the Frisbee and I take the Frisbee and I hold it and I kill it and it's got no give to it and I say, ouse, and boop, yes, boom, and I pay him, Right? Somebody, yep. somebody then goes, oh, okay, that's how you do it. The dog comes up, gets the Frisbee. Person goes, ouse, ouse, and they pull, and they pull, mm-hmm. and they pull, ouse, ouse, and they're pulling, and they're pulling, and the dog yanks back and yanks back and chubs back and chubs back. Ruff, ruff. You know, you can just see yeah. the head kind of going backwards. Yep. You're like, what the hell is that? No, you're doing it completely different, 100% differently. You don't, yeah. you don't hold and pull back because they're going to pull back harder and they're stronger. Right. And right. you and and you're not saying it multiple times because you're telling the dog please 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 please. Right. You grab well, what, it. What, yeah. What I have been doing is I I have him come to my side now and and sit in a foose right next to me with the frisbee in his mouth, and I'll go to grab it, and before I even touch it, he pulls it away. So Are I you just, giving him the house. Though? Yeah, I give him the house, and he just put. As soon as I put my hand on it, he pulls it away. So I I have. Because I, I kind of realized that, that I, I don't want to play tug of war with him. This isn't a tug toy. Right. And he just, he pulls it away and he'll still be sitting there. I'll reach for it again. I won't say else, but I'll just go in. It, and this goes on two or three times. And then finally I just stand there and stop asking me or whatever. And he comes out of his position, runs around and then comes right back to me. So he knows, mm-hmm. you know, but it just, it, it, it's almost like, a dominance type of thing of that's the one thing that he has control over me. <laughs> yeah. Cause we can be, we can be standing side by side and she says it and he drops it immediately. Yeah. I think it's, it's I, I think it's probably just like, you know, how, how you, I don't think it's a dominance thing. I think it's an okay. opportunistic thing. I don't think he's like, Hey, I'm bigger, better, stronger than you. You're not going to tell me what to do. He's just probably like, Hey, you're not, a, you, you know, again, like, I see a lot of frustration happen in handlers too. And that, that's like a huge yeah. dogs will yeah. play with you like that. They're like, ah, starting to fire you up I, a little I, bit. I've learned to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the fifth time I'm like, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. So, no, it makes okay. sense. And like I said before, listen, you don't need me to tell you how, how to do it right or wrong because there's somebody standing right next to you. That's doing it. Perfect. Right. It sounds like, so what I would do is really just say, Hey, how let's, let's work on this. Why don't you, 
okay, bring back the Frisbee, and then one of you do it and say, okay, now let's compare. Okay, you do good with this. Now let's compare it to, okay, let me try. And then if the other person doesn't do good, you're like, okay, what am I? And you guys kind of help each other out with that because, Mm -hmm. you know, one of you is being successful and one of you isn't. And you just just need to figure out why. And if you just spend... 20 minutes outside kind of comparing them a to b testing yeah you'll you'll probably isolate exactly okay. what it is it could be tone of voice it could be repeating it could be tugging back it could be your sh- i mean everything from i've done this with just your body language just with recall right we're standing straight up like a board and we say come and the dog's like ah. and then i <laughs> yeah. lean down with my shoulders and i kind of say come on buddy let's go and the dog zooms to me yeah. Yeah. Like, hey we said the same thing but mm-hmm. in dog language, we certainly did not. Right. Yeah. So, All right. Okay. So I would just, yeah, I would just be efficient with your time and just say, hey, you're doing it. I want to do it like you. Well, how how right. are you doing yeah. it? So. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, recall. So that, so that bring yeah, recall. the recall. Um, and some of that, it brings up a, there's a second question that goes with this because mm-hmm. we do use the e-collar if there's an issue and he doesn't respond immediately. Um, okay. such as he's on a squirrel, he's on a deer, he's on a coyote. He had a coyote experience last week. That went very positive. Yeah, it was, was positive. Really, yeah. You know, when we talk about dogs and dog reactivity, him and I are out in the woods bushwhacking and we come across his coyote, which we, it is what it is. And we were probably 40 yards from it. And he immediately saw, we saw each other, all of us saw each other. And just by, he was about ready to go. And I said, Hey, and he immediately stopped. The coyote stood there again, and then he took uh, took a step forward, and I just hit the tone, and he immediately stopped, and then the coyote went on its way. You know, so it was one of these things where it was absolutely perfect, no no issues at all. Which you know, but then there's been a case where if it's a one or two times with a deer, once with me and once with her, it didn't matter if you hit the tone, it didn't matter if you hit the the, the jolt, he he was off and running. Yeah. And so, so before we go on that, I know I keep interrupting oh. you, but with the e-collar, oh, this yeah. is my concern with the recall. We have him trained with one tone to come. That's a here for him mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. up to us, nose right to the chest, sit in a seat. So that's like a combination, but it's, it's his here. He's right up to here. And then two tones, he's trained to do the mitten So come around the right side through the leg so that he's, in that mode that if we come across a rattlesnake, a, a coyote, he's with us because I'm also armed in the woods as well. You know, I, I want him out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. So he's trained to come on those two tones. And I don't want to introduce another. Don't want it to be a negative. I don't want it to be negative on the e-collar because he's got two positives on the e-collar just by toning. Like, hey, one little one little tone, come towards me, two tones, mitten because there's a threat somewhere and I need you in between my legs. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that. Now, what the recall? How do I make the recall happen? Where, yeah, we've now encountered a pack of coyotes or something or a rattlesnake, mm-hmm. and I need you back immediately, without engaging. Without engaging. Well, that's where you're. A, you know, I always have to ask the question: Is this, you know, how good is the recall in general? So that's mm-hmm. something that you guys can audit because mm-hmm. I talk to people all the time that I'm like, Hey, my dog's not coming back. And I'm like, well, how much time have you spent on recall? They're like, well, that's what I'm saying. They're not coming back. I'm like, so anyway, so it sounds to me like you guys have a good, you know, a good recall in general. So Mm -hmm. I would just say, 
if your dog understands the behavior and understands it well, especially being a mature, well-trained dog, and you're using the e-collar for safety, then take advantage of the stimulation and the boost setting on your collar that if you say here and he doesn't, then you would use the stim to correct him if he doesn't listen. Now, I, I don't use tone. Um, it's just a preference. Just like I don't mm-hmm. use a clicker. I just use my voice. I just replace right. any audible with my voice. I want right. the dog to listen yep. to me. Mm-hmm. And right. so that's my thing is I just say here mm-hmm. or come. And then, or in my case, I just say left and my dog finds my left leg. And if, if for some reason my dog didn't, because there was a snake or a coyote, then I would use my boost on my e-collar and I would get the dog back. That's it. Okay. Okay. So it wouldn't so be a negative. Okay. Should we, because sometimes I feel that maybe he's, um, because like so I'll let him in the yard with, with no collar on and he's really good. Should I, should we change that to, if he's outside, he has the collar on so that casually, if all of a sudden he sees a squirrel mm-hmm. and I don't, now I don't, if he doesn't have the collar on, I don't have any way to, you know, correct them. And mm-hmm. he, he dips off. And now that first time he's like, well, it worked last time. And I was able to go after the squirrel. Should we be using them collar on a more regular basis for longer periods of time? Cause well, right now it's working and hiking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, you got to ask yourself is the e-collar is a new language. It's a language in general. Okay. So, I mean, that yeah. kind of answers that question, right? Where it's okay. like, Hey, you know, when I, I want to learn German when I go over to Germany. It's like, well, right. eh, you're only over there for like seven days. You should probably start before you get over there. That way when you're there and you, and you need it, you got it. So right. I guess my, my answer is, is definitely use it all the time because the more you use that language, the more fluent you speak it, okay. the better mm-hmm. it's going to be. The more you practice and practice and practice and just use it for basic stuff, it's conditioning, 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 conditioning. Okay. Right. Like, so don't say, well, the month of November, I want to get into the best shape of my life. And then okay. every other month, screw it. Like, I don't really care. Cause then when you, when it, when November comes, you have to go all the way back up that hill. But if you stay in right condition and you stay in shape, if you will, you're right mm-hmm. there, you're ready to go. And that yeah. just lead that just leads me to my next point of going back to the tone versus audible is if you're predicating your obedience and, or your recall behavior, off of an audio or off of an audible tone and or you're using that as a warning to tell the dog if they don't listen to the tone, the next step is the correction and your e-collar isn't on, then your voice is second to secondary or not existent. They don't care. What's that mean? Because the tone is what they respond to, not your voice. And that's the other reason why. Yeah, He he first learned, he he, uh, when we verbally say it, and once again, probably 80 to 9% of the time, he'll come back. But like, when you say here or mitten dren, he, uh, he's like, he just perked up. He's um, like, he'll, he'll come back. So he does, but I get what you're saying. That yeah. if we constantly use the tone and that's going to change that whole thing. But well, that's just so what he's going to be. Yeah. That's, I mean, when you have, you got to think of like how, how you guys know when you saw that coyote, I mean, things happen fast. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, and that's the difference between like, you know, going back to the deer question, Mm-hmm. is you got to have your, you got to be prepared, especially if you're outside and you're, you know, you're ready to go. That's why like the dog trays that I use, I can, I don't, I can put right on my belt clip and it just stays mm-hmm. there and it's locked and loaded. Yep. It's ready to go. Boop, boop, yeah. boop. I'm ready. There's no, holy shit. Let me grab my e-collar out or let me find it in my pocket. It's right yeah. on my belt clip. It's already preset. So if my dog, so that's the thing is if you're out like with, with, 
with the Dogtra Tom Davis 280C, you have that boost and it's just a button. So my boost is already set as an emergency just in right. case okay. I'm walking with my dog and two bushy-tailed white tails jump up and start running away 10 feet from mm. my dog. And she's like, hell yeah. Her, yeah, heart, yeah. her heart and her adrenaline is pumping out of her chest. She doesn't even hear me. I've seen, right. I've seen dogs impale steel rhubarb through their chest and not feel it because they're chasing stuff. They don't, not only can they not feel things, but sometimes they can't hear things depending on the breed you got this. In this right. case, it was a beagle. So it makes sense. Right. But yeah. my point is, is you, you just want to make sure that you're prepared because if you're out and you you got your Oh crap button on because your dog is conditioned, your dog listens, like you said, eight to nine times out of 10, you're really only touching that remote collar just in case you see that rattlesnake or that coyote right. or yep. So, yeah. so that way, if, if you say here, you're immediately putting your hand down and you're hitting that boost to snap right. the dog out of what they're doing. And you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of, you're just, you're, you're derailing that, you know, you're, you're overpowering the prey drive. Right. Okay. And that's, that's hitting exactly it early. Yeah. 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 Because I'm, that's, yeah. I mean, the reality is, is I, I think more dogs get killed and, or just, you never see them again off of those four seconds you have before that dog chases that deer through the woods. And then before you know it, it's in the water two miles down that way. And you just never see it again. I can't go on Facebook for about 10 minutes and see how many missing dogs there are because people are letting their dogs off leash. But that's what I mean is it happens so fast. Right. And if you're not using and there's some people who just don't use the remote collar and, and and it's like, you know, I love my dogs too much not to have that piece of technology on them Mm -hmm. just in case. Cause I tell you right now, when I'm training my dog in a, in a facility or in a field, I don't have Bambi. Hey, come on over here. Bring, bring all your friends, bring your herd of doe over here Mm -hmm. and let's, let's like, I don't have that. So if shit does happen and my dog jets off. So my, I guess my point is to you guys is just make sure that you on your remote, I'm not a hundred percent exactly what remote you have and what you're using, mm-hmm. but a lot of those e-collars have the boost. And so you want to, we do have that. Yeah. So we just one tone and then we can set it up another five points or whatever it is. So you that's what I would do. That. Okay. Just as an emergency. But, but again, yeah. even better than that is be working on the recall at least a couple times a day, just to, again, stay in that, yeah. stay in that condition. Like I'm here, you know, right. I'm, I'm running a couple miles a day every day just to stay here. I'm just right here. I'm not, you know, regressing. Okay. I think okay. we'll start using it all the time because even like the other morning, I took him out to go to the bathroom first thing in the morning. And like I said, 90% I of the time it. it's fine. And then the other morning he was like, he looked at me. I said, no, because he knows the property line, and mm-hmm. he looked at me. I said no, and he just like looked at me and turned around and continued on his way. And then I I got to him and I was like corrected him and said no, and brought him back over to the property line and let him go on its way. So mm-hmm. all right, we'll start using it on a more regular basis and go with that. Yeah, I would definitely do that, and and that just okay. kind of that goes to to one of the things that you guys were talking about with the e collar excitement too is if if you are only putting it on when you're okay, about to go do you, something super cool you know uh-huh, and, yeah. and that's and, and to be fair though like that's what it is for me and my dogs too or right. like um lakota anyway when i'm she knows like if that goes on we're gonna because in my in my neighborhood or even when i go to the facility you know i might not put it on but when i'm out in places where i can't control the environment at all right yeah then I'm definitely going to put it. So she knows, Oh, we're going to go to the park or whatever. But I, you know, I expect her to sit politely and 
me mm-hmm. be able to put it on or just, right. you know, wrangle her up really quick. But I right. would just, my, my point by saying that is, is the more you do it, the, okay. the less. So if you put it on and you're just going to let the dog out while you're getting the mail or whatever, mm-hmm. it's going to become okay. less of a, holy crap, we're going to the place. Yeah. Okay. Should we be using that in the house too for his barking? You can. I mean, the the okay. realistically, if you're if you're kind of using the e collar on a full scale tilt, on like across the board of the spectrum of, you know, yeah. How, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the goal of being able to wirelessly communicate with your dog. But you also just have to make sure it's fair that if you are going to use the remote collar for barking or whatever, that your dog knows the behavior you're you're reinforcing with the remote, mm-hmm. and it's fair. I, so, and I, I would say it would be more verbal, like enough, and then have it. I would in the house. I would have no. There would be no way I'd have it said that where we'd go outside in the right. woods. Right. Yes. Yeah. But just turn it way down so he gets a, a little stem from it to say, "Okay, I, I got you now." You yeah. Know, type of, and not use the tone because we don't want to confuse the tone by alerting him and saying just one tone because now he's going to come running to us, which is not right. necessarily what we want him to do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and that's the that's kind of the beauty of using again like the the e collar is you got a good e collar and you have full spectrum of how you can use it and apply it and that's that's the beauty of it is you can okay. you can condition inside very low all day long and right. he's not gonna have a problem with it but then if you yeah so your your communication levels and your conditioning levels are gonna change. Hey. Pui. Pui. There it is. Pui. Good. Good boy. So I would just say you can use that e collar, you know, throughout your throughout your training throughout the house for sure. Just turn it down a little bit because obviously his yeah. distraction is going to be different. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I don't remember. We got the knowing when enough is enough. The e collar, the excitement. The my my big thing was that the dog thing, the other dog, because I can't control the other dogs, and as as much as he and I work on his recall with me and his obedience, the Mm -hmm. other, I mean, bottom line is we had a couple of really bad experiences. Mm -hmm. One Mm -hmm. which he knows that I got hurt during. So he's become super protective during that. So that's my big thing. Yeah. Um, And like I said, I just think that that, that is going to be just your handling in general, mm -hmm. you know, like that's what I'm saying is, is if you go out and you're, a rock star on your obedience, like that's mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna control a lot of that, and that's gonna okay. make you more successful. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that that's my. What do you have? I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's. I mean, I. It's funny because we were talking this morning, and I said I feel kind of funny asking for help because he is so well trained and so good at ninety percent of his stuff that I guess that these are the breakthrough things that I don't want to become issues. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think it's important for you to it, totally. No, I understand, and, and it's good that you're doing it because there's there's people because you can, you can make your quality of life and his quality of life better. So don't right. just because he's well trained and he's you know he's got a lot of training invested into him, and you're starting to see like you know oh okay you know these things are happening. I think it's totally good for you to be able to like let's fine tune these things up. But I think like you know the huffing and puffing that you guys just heard that I heard there. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, like that's all. No- that's just hey uh, yeah. hey. Don't, Hey, you guys hear that? And you're and you go, hey, okay, we got it. Thank you. Um, and he stopped. Yeah, right. And that that's all normal. So that's a good. Yep. Um, so I just think it's important for you guys to 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 
kind of go, you know, definitely start conditioning the e-collar to give you that full scale. Um, I think that that's going to be helpful because if he's already been trained on it, I mean, the, the hard part is done. He understands yeah. where it's coming from. He understands what it is. That's already done. So now what you got to do is you got to just maybe maybe use it a little bit more, um, use it in different scenarios to to make things you know tighter. And um, and with the and going back to like him pulling towards other dogs, that's that's an easy um, counter with just work. Maybe going back to the basics, working on your foose, doing some directional changes, getting him focused on you, making him work for a ball or a tug. Uh, and of course, if you see those out of control dogs, avoid them at all costs because yeah. no matter yeah. how well trained you're, that's what I do. I jump ship. I'm like I'm out of here. Yeah. I, I do. I do that. See, so yeah. you don't. You're yeah. like, I'm going. I'm like, well, I'm the, out. But I'm the out. unfortunate thing is in a couple of years, we're going to be moving to an area where there is no dog leash law. And so we, we were down there visiting and all these dogs are just wandering around the neighborhood with their owners. And I mean, OK, that that's fine. You think you have that much control over your dog. But the worst thing for us would be for that dog to come, you know, barking over at us and thinking that, that Zach wants to play with him when he doesn't want to have anything to do with him. You know, and I've watched your videos before. Yeah, he is not yeah. a social dog. He's like, no. He's social it, with us and people, but other dogs, he, mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. And, yeah. and it all depends. There are some dogs who, like, he has a German Shepherd friend that's a male, and they get along absolutely perfect. You know, they, they yeah. fun, swim, and everything like that. And that's probably the frustrating part is, and you deal with it all the time as far as just people not realizing, no, my dog doesn't want to be friends with your dog. <laughs> Please don't touch my dog. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that, you know, and that's normal. Everyone kind of deals with that. I deal with that. You guys are going to deal with that. And that, I just kind of saying, just make sure you avoid those situations and make sure, okay. you know, it, it's just, but, in, but in the same sense, as we're going along, I mean, in reintroducing and having positive experiences with people and other dogs is, is the avenue to go and, and do that. Obviously, right? Because the better, more experience he has, the better he's going to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, you guys are on a good, you guys are in a good spot. So I think you just have to, you know, kind of remind yourself, you know, with the outing, going back to figure out, you know, what do you, he's doing it successfully for somebody. So you just got to figure out, you know, why that's happening and then getting back down to the basics of, of just making sure that when you're out there and you're working on this, that you, you really, um, just really audit things like, okay you know, just think about it. That's what I do is I, I think, and I watch and I examine. And of course, like, that's my job is I'm a teacher and I'm like, all right, this is a problem. A little bit different from last time, a little bit different handler. And you just, you, you be, you become an investigator of like, all right, how are we going to get in there and and do this? And that's what you have to do is you have to just problem solve. And you guys already have the foundation, which is nice because I talked to a lot of people who I just got off the phone with somebody, their dog didn't know heal. And they were like, how do I get my dog to stop reacting? I'm like, you, you're not even yeah, yeah. yeah you're not even yeah. the same so anyway so yeah that sounds there good is, there is another behavior that he just started which is interesting in the fact that <laughs> when dan when somebody two people come in the house danny's mother and danny's daughter which he absolutely adores and likes both of them it's not when they come in but yep. when they go to leave he goes in between them and the door and barks and and almost like doesn't let them, he doesn't want them to leave. So he's like hurting them to stay in the house, which has been for, for Danny's mother, she all weighs all of 80 pounds, about the same as he does. And it's just kind of, it startled her one time and it's like, he's sure. okay. So, I mean, how can we kind of curb that behavior as far as him wanting to hurt them? I mean, cause that's his nature of, you know. Yeah. 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 No, totally. I think, 
I think again, it's it's a it's a it's an intuitive thing, you know, for a dog to do these types of behaviors, especially a, a German Shepherd. And I think what you have to do is is really, um, you know, use your obedience again to counter some of okay. these things. Like, okay, you know, kid, grandma, um, somebody we don't know is coming over. You're gonna go to your place or your touch. You're gonna you're gonna plots and you're gonna stay. And yep. Again, because he already has that background. I mean, you don't want to try to tell a fish not to swim. So it's like, hey, we have an we have uh, an eighty pound human being coming over. We want you to be as gentle as a goldfish. It's like, well, right. he's an eighty pound, you know, big German shepherd. So that's going to be right. unlikely. So, so how can we how can we counter some of these potential risks um, and and some of these potential sticky situations? Well, okay. what I'm going to do is, okay, when just let me know when you're here. Okay, you're here. Great. Hey, go to your place. Down. Stay. Boom. Done. Come on in. Don't worry about the dog. He's fine. You know, he's just chilling over there uh, or put him outside, put him in a crate. So you always just have to, it's not, it's not a bad thing to, to avoid right. certain situations. If it's going to be successful with, with zero return on investment alternatively. Okay. So, all right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast and this comes from Christine J 77 five-star review. Thank you so much for that. So thank you so much for all the education. I've learned so much. I have a two-year-old mixed rescue German shepherd, I think. And a few months ago I switched to the Herm prong for walking. She's a fearful girl and is doing great walking without dragging me now. It has also helped so much with her reactivity to other dogs, but when she doesn't want to continue walking in the direction, she 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 puts her head down and lays down and will roll, etc. I've tried correcting her, making myself a clown with backpedaling. I've healed in opposite directions, which gets her going. All right, I'm just going to stop and answer this right now. Um, what you can do is get a long line. That's the best thing to do is get a long line and start to really teach her to move forward with momentum. So that's that's what has worked. That's like the secret to that. If your dog is, and it's not necessarily about the prong as much as it is, is your dog just kind of being defiant and saying like, hey, I don't want to work anymore, flopping over, laying down, um, get that long line out 20, 15 to 30 foot, turn your back and start walking. And I don't guarantee anything, but I'm very confident that your dog will pop up and go forward with you. Now, if you're just using a regular leash, what I would do is, Again, turn your back to the dog and just walk forward. Um, what a lot of times happen is, is the dog will kind of throw a fit or a tantrum, um, flop down, roll over, and then um, they have all the advantage because you're sitting there and you're staring at them, you're talking to them, um, you're basically enabling them to act like a fool um, by talking to them and not giving them just directional momentum pressure. Turn your back, walk forward, move forward. Um, I would try this maybe on a flat collar or a slip collar first before you try it on a prong um, for obvious reasons. So hopefully that helps. All right, you guys, next question. Loving this by E-P-O-N-A-158. Uh, awesome podcast, great re resource for quality dog training advice. Thank you so much. I have a male German Shepherd River. Could you tell me how early I can start the remote collar training? All right. Well, I've answered this quite a bit a few times, um, many, many times. And that's okay. Um, I would suggest listening to some other e-collar podcasts. Um, we also have an e-collar course coming out uh, in a couple months. So, but the answer is is as soon as your dog is is able to understand the behaviors layering over, could be as early as three months or as late as a year and a half, depending on how good your obedience is. You do not want to introduce the e-collar for anything that your dog doesn't understand well. Hope that helps. Typical Aussie with window or fence alert protective Aussie gal five-star review. Thank you so much. Great podcast. And I listened to a close to a other dozen canine training podcasts. Your balance training techniques makes the most sense from my over 20 years of dog ownership. Balanced dog training sounds like I've been doing 
even though I didn't know I had a name. All right, cool. Thank you so much. I I have an almost three-year-old Australian fixed female, Australian Shepherd. She's an Aussie and a border prior. Uh, I don't know what that means. Anyway, she has been the best doggo and is doing well the last year and a half, participating in foundational agility. At the same time, uh, she knows her basic obedience. Our problem is, is when she's also doing basic obedience and jumping on visitors. Let me rewind. Our problem with her are also basic jumping on visitors and the biggest issue of fence window alert barking. I know this is part of the breed and had put up with it our previous dogs, which I don't want to do with this one. Indoors, I have successfully improving the place command, thanking her for putting herself in a place for a longer and longer times before releasing and treating. I give her a thank you and a that'll do command before putting her to a place waiting for her waiting for some time to release and treating but outdoors it's a different situation we have a fence that is right along the sidewalk for 20 feet and she absolutely goes crazy and nuts when we anyone dares walk by 50 percent recalls with treats but always grabs treats and returns to protecting her territory she look she so looking for your advice on how to proceed. Do you think a local balance trainer would help? Yeah, I think it would. I think the e collars you're gonna work. The the thing is, is basically what you're dealing with, protective Aussie girl, is your obedience isn't good enough to have the success that you're trying to to do. You can't, which is hard, but you're not able to recall your dog off a major distraction. Period. That's it. That's your problem. So yes, I would suggest doing advanced obedience. Um, the e-collar is obviously something I would recommend considering that's going to be your only option off leash accountability, unless you want to keep a long line on her in between. That's what I would do. So the answer is yes. All right, you guys, uh, that's it for the questions. Make sure if you guys want me to answer your dog training questions, go over to the iTunes review chart and leave a review next week. We're getting into a bunch of other really great questions. I appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. Bye.